Kings Insider Podcast on CSNCalifornia.com. Introducing your host, Sacramento Kings Insider, James Ham. Welcome to the CSN Kings Insider Podcast. I am James Ham, your, I don't know, hotline help for the day. <laughs> <laughs> Joining me is Mr. Aaron Bruski from hoop-ball.com. AB. I wish they would step back from that ledge, my friend. <laughs> oh, are we going to sing that song now? That was like the best part of that one Jim Carrey movie. Uh, I forget what it was. What was he? He was like a, a magician? No, no. It was a terrible movie. I don't remember what it was. But step off that ledge, Kings fans. Step it's back. not that bad. Yeah. And it's it, not your fault. <laughs> it's not that bad. Okay, so uh, we're going to walk you through the ins and outs of what happened on Draft Night 2016. Um, At at one point, I was trending, so that tells you what's going on. Uh, Nuts, nuts craziness is happening, and Kings fans are confused. And uh, I, I think, Aaron, I know this sounds crazy, but I think I can walk everyone through the process and kind of tell you what I believe is about to happen and why Kings fans should not be panicking. Uh, whether you agree with me when we're done or not is is your own prerogative. Uh, but uh, I, I like to be the, uh, I don't know, not the beacon of hope, but uh, the rational thought. You know, let, let's figure this thing out. So number one, um, the Kings fall to the eight spot in the draft. We knew that for a long time. And when that happened, I think initially it was like a major panic move because there were only seven players in this draft that were worthy of going in the top in the top eight. And so everyone was waiting for someone to pop up out of nowhere and become that eighth guy and maybe push one of these guys down to the Kings. Lo and behold, that just happened to be Marquise Chris, a Sacramento native, who uh, is raw and talented and has has tools, but again, is not someone that the Kings need even in the least bit. And so when he falls to the Kings at number eight, which was the worst of all possible scenarios for the Sacramento Kings, we have this crazy chain reaction. And I think right now people are just, they're stunned, they're confused. Uh, what are your initial sort of thoughts on what happened on draft night where Chris is dealt to the Phoenix Suns for the number 13 pick, the number 28 pick, and a very, very nice European prospect that will be coming over next season for the Kings in Bogdan Bogdanovich. I love how they have the same name and they just add Ovich on the end. Um, But what are your initial thoughts, Aaron? So uh, I was a proponent of the Kings moving down in the draft. So I, as the you day were. unfolded, yes, you were. As the day unfolded, I thought the Kings were just really looking good. Like I, I thought that they had set themselves up in a draft with a lot of variants, as we saw in the draft. 
to be able to address multiple positions and and really, you know, I thought that they could come out of this thing with an A plus grade. That was my initial thought. Um, so they they make the deal, and, and I participated in a couple of mock drafts, and a, a bunch of mock drafts I saw had Marquise Chris fall into eight. And this was I didn't want to call it that nightmare scenario, but they needed a team like the Suns who who stepped up and, and provided this uh, for them to believe in Marquise Chris and and trade some first rounders for him. So when that trade went down, I was sitting there thinking, you know what, this is about as good as it gets for the Kings. And, and let's just see how it goes from here. Uh, what happened from there was shocking. shocking. Absolutely shocking. Shock and um, awe. And I'm, I'm shocked that there is a player whose name is so closely aligned with the Papa John's franchise. I mean, it's almost as if he, was, he is Papa John, but then they, they Americanized it and made it Papa John. But the, I, uh, I guess I keep thinking of, uh, of Rusty from uh, Vegas Vacation, <laughs> Mr. Papa Giorgio. Yeah, that's that's what but like it's, it's hilarious. Like, if there's a name that people are like, what? It had to be Papa Giannis. That just blew my mind. But anyway, yeah, that was just it took, you know, obviously the LOL Kings crowd got, you know, going out there. And it was a shock that that was a shocking draft pick. I did not see him on anybody's draft board in the first round. OK, he was on Draft Express. He slid up at the end. Yes. He was at number 22 on the Draft Express board. And okay, so let's. I guess we should start there. But why um, was? But but here's why. You know why he was at 22 on the on the draft express board. Go ahead. Because they knew that the Kings were going to take him. They didn't know the Kings were going to take him. I I mean, that's not what I'm hearing. But the Kings, go on. The Kings uh, took him at 13 because he had already been promised a draft selection in the draft. He had already been promised a first round by another team, not the Kings. And we don't know who that team is, right? No, we don't know who that team is. So that that is what I'm not buying. Oh, I, he had been promised. I mean, I, I'm reading everywhere that he had been promised a first round selection uh, a while ago, and the Kings were sitting at eight, hoping that Chris Dunn would fall to them, and knowing that he probably wouldn't, but maybe Jalen Brown would, who, just so you know, was Vivek's favorite player in the draft, uh, and they were hoping the Kings had no no thoughts of moving down until the the nightmare scenario happened. So it wasn't the Kings who had promised, unless they had promised number 22, where they were able to somehow mystically... Okay, so, so people are completely forgetting this whole Marco Bellinelli situation. How in the world do you trade Marco Bellinelli for a first-round pick? Even in this draft, I, I don't get that. I, I mean... Rich uh, Cho is supposed to be like this genius, and and I get it. You know what? Let's table the the Bellinelli discussion for a sec. Let's finish up with uh, with Mr. Papa Giorgio. Okay, so the Kings draft a guy that really it, it's shocking. It is everyone around the room is like, holy cow! Wade Baldwin and Denzel Valentine are both there on on the clock. But I have a, a different perspective on this, and. Look, I don't know how good this kid is going to be and how how it, it, whether he's going to be a bust or not. I do know that he is coming over this season. He is going to play for the Sac- Sacramento Kings this year. Vlade Divac thinks he has all-star potential. They have been scouting him for a long time. They have European scouts. Uh, Pedrag, Dropniok 
is their uh, is their advanced European scout. They they know this kid very well. Uh, strangely enough, Costa Kufus doesn't know him because I reached out to Costa and we had a nice conversation. Um, he doesn't know him at all, uh, which is weird because Costa's even playing in in Greece right now, uh, getting ready for for whatever. Uh, so anyway, to get back to the point at hand, um, we have an 18 year old kid, and from everything that I read and watch. He has tremendous upside. He has crazy size. He has crazy hands. He's got a lot of mobility. He looks a little bit like the the three-headed monster that the Denver Nuggets have. And, you know, he looks like that style of player. He can run the floor. Um, he's got a 7'5", 7'6", wingspan. Uh, he can block shots. Uh, he, he's not a I-can't-jump-over-a-phone-book guy. He can actually get up in the air. So just on the face value, you have an 18-year-old kid with huge size and potential, and he is an actual prospect. Now, he doesn't fit a position of need, and that's where I think most people, they're, they're hung up on two things. Number one, he doesn't fit a position of need, and number two, Wade Baldwin was right there. And I'm just going to tell Kings fans this. You people, you people, <laughs> you people, every year. You people fall in love with somebody irrationally. You do. He's the one guy that came to Sacramento and worked out that was slated to go anywhere near the first round, and you fell in love with him. You fell in love with him. You never saw him play a game once. You never met him. You only saw videos of him. You didn't read what his nickname was, which is not good. You... You fell in love with Wade Baldwin, and when he fell to the Kings, you John Wallaced it, people. That's what you did. You John Wallaced it. Now, I'm not going to say that Mr. Papa Giorgio is, which I'm going to keep calling him that, just so you know. I'm not going to say he's Pedro Stoyakovich and this is 1996 all over again. I don't know whether it is or not. Neither do you. The fact is, the Kings looked at Wade Baldwin and said exactly what Aaron Bruski said last week about Chris Dunn. He's not an NBA starting point guard or a high-level NBA starting point guard for the next five years. And if he's not, then I'm going to go get someone who's young and has upside and might really fit a need two years from now when my all-star center is a free agent. My God, which thing do I address? Ha! <laughs> Okay. You go, Aaron. All right. So for Chris Dunn, I didn't say five years. I said that I wouldn't, in the Kings position, be thrilled about attaching myself as a bet um, that he can be worth it for two to th- the next two to three years. Uh, that I, I think Chris Dunn is, you know, he's got a lot of potential. But he's um, not an all-star. Uh, I Yeah, I don't think he's an all-star. Um, so on the issue of you have the eight pick, that's your asset. And let's ignore the fact that they got Scal, uh, the 29. That's its own little 28, probably. That's its own little deal. We'll discuss that, yeah. We'll discuss that. Um, your, your decision to pass up on Marquise Chris, a bona fide asset of some type, of some ilk, whatever that ilk may be, it was good enough to go eight and for Phoenix to trade their picks for him. Now you just have this pick at 13, you know, looking at Papa Giannis, or whatever you're calling him. Papa Giannis. Yep. Papa Giannis. He has the upside of those Denver players. He's a hybrid between 
uh, Nurkic and Jokic, yep. uh, if you ask me. And maybe a little bit faster than both of them. Um, but the, some of this stuff isn't pretty. Like, he is not, you know, if he turns out to be Costa Kufos, that's probably a win for, for, for the Kings. Now, does he have some upside beyond that? Yeah, he does. And is it possible that they see something special in this kid? You know, it's, I, I, I could see it. I could see where this kid might have that, you know, one in 10 chance of being better than, than Costa Kufos. And, and yes, this is a weaker draft, but there were a ton, not, not just Wade Baldwin. There were a ton of other players that also fell that were at, were in play at 13 and my feeling and, and another thing to address before I talk about that is Draft Express didn't have him in their top 36 as recently as like four days ago. He, he flew up the draft board because of the Kings interest. And I believe he was at 22 because they thought the Kings would select him at 22 after the trade for Marco Bellinelli, which they probably had wind of. That's just my opinion on the matter. Um, the, the, the looking at this pick in a vacuum, I just think that they panicked thinking that there was another team that had a promise that was going to take him before 22 and they didn't like anybody else that they saw that was available on the table. They liked him more than they liked Wade Baldwin. And I also think they probably made an internal decision to go after Rajon Rondo and that from my perspective, if I'm a Kings fan, would scare the living daylights out of me. Well, I because think Rondo just became a lot more affordable with the Derrick Rose trade. But I don't care if Rondo's a $1 million player per year. I know, I know. He, he had a terrible offensive season last year, and he, his defensive season was even worse. That's just my opinion. I, I don't know that there's enough... I, I don't think the money is the issue. It's the way that he's going to run the team. So he could completely change his game under Dave Yeager, but we've seen no evidence of him under numerous coaches changing the way that he plays. And in fact, when you try to make him change, he, he digs in and, and he refuses to change even more. So what I saw was some of the worst basketball decisions that I've seen made in years out, okay. of, a, out of a high utilization player. So if that was the choice that prompted you to go away from Wade Baldwin, I think that it was the wrong choice. Yes, but but again, Wade Baldwin, he can't run the team on day one when Darren Carlson is suspended. Wade Baldwin is not like slated. He most people have him as a combo guard. They don't even know if he's a true point guard. It's not like in a bad draft, Wade Baldwin went number seventeen. And a horrible draft. And, and the gri- and, the Grizzlies had a great draft, I might add. <laughs> well, let me just point this out though. Number 14, Denzel Valentine, trash knees. Like the doctors came back and said, look, you know, we're talking, I mean, he has, he's fun and he's, he's got a lot of, uh, you know, moxie and, and you have to like, he's like a very, he's a multi-tooled player, but really he looks like uh, Gravis Vasquez at the next level. He's Yeah, it wasn't all that, wasn't all that high on him. Yeah, okay. So the next pick is is Juan Hernan Gomez, who He's going to be pretty good in my opinion. Who is literally slated at the very back end to the early second round 
all the way through the draft process. Yeah, pick too high in my opinion, but pick too I, high. I, I think and then he'll what be what about Gershon Yubasele okay. or whatever his name is? I, I could see the appeal there, but probably pick too high. But was a mid second round pick all the way up until the draft. Wade Baldwin and Henry Ellenson, uh, Ellenson who fell, those are the two guys that you're looking at, you're like, "Huh." And why did why did the Kings pass? Well, well, Ellenson's going to be probably unplayable, unplayable at the NBA level. His defense is so bad that you just can't have him on the floor. But my point is, like, in a bad draft, this draft looked really bad, like, as it unfolded. Even, like, Firkin Kormaz fell all the way to 26. And, and, that, and that tells you that, like, is he any good? Is he someone that you can build around? Is, and, and I think the answer is no. There were a lot of players that fell that shouldn't have fell. But this is what this draft was all about. There was a wide variance in opinion on everybody from like 10 or 11 to 40. I mean, Demetrius Jackson fell to what, 50? Or it was 45 with the, the Celtics? I mean, I've not seen – he was as high as like 16, I want to say, at Draft Express. So the Draft Express guys and the other guys that do this stuff – and then the ultimate decision makers, the consensus was just not there. It, it, this, this is why – so if I want to talk pros in favor of Papa Giannis, I'm sitting there saying, well, you know what? If you like the guy, take the chance. The thing is, is though, nobody else had him high at all. So the question becomes, could you have gotten a player – that would have been better, like a, a Baldwin or a Luwawu. I could not believe that that guy fell to 24 and address your, your issues on the wing. And you end up with Malachi Richardson, who is – I didn't have him at 22. I had him lower than that. Yeah. The Kings need a shooting guard, so yeah. I was okay with it. But this is a guy whose shot selection was terrible in college. Terrible. Not even bad. Just terrible. Oh, no, it was terrible. I mean, he shot and, less and, than 40% from the field. I think he shot 38% from and, the field. And the defense isn't there. And he's got an NBA body, and he's got some one-on-one skills, and he can score the ball, but he's already inefficient at the college level. And you just have to ask yourself, is this the type of player that you want to um, to build around if you're the king? So that, you know, you, you, you could have gone a couple other different directions there if you were the king's with the 13 pick and um, you know, you pick a guy that, 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 not, that not a lot of guys had a lot of interest in. Okay. So, so let me address why I think they, they actually made this pick and, and why it does in some twisted way make a lot of sense and people can stick with me or not. I, again, I don't really care. So when I talked to Vlade Divots, the one thing that always sticks out to me is if Vlade has a really tough time, not expressing way more than he thinks he's expressing. He he talks, and as he's talking, he's trying to explain things, and you can see him what he's trying to avoid what he when he's saying. So reading between the lines is actually not very difficult with Vlade. So when talking to him, number one, I could I can honestly tell that he really likes his kid. That they had him, you know, they talked to him, they worked with him. His scouts had told him how how much they really liked him. Then they flew over and they saw him like a week ago Sunday uh, when he had his pro day. And they're like, okay, 
this is a guy that we're very interested in. This is a guy that that we we think might have skills going forward. Okay, and then people are like, okay, but you don't need him. And the fact is, DeMarcus Cousins and Costa Kufis did not work at all last season. Everyone knows that. It was like the worst thing to watch of all time. And Willie Cauley-Stein, you do, you, you got to love what Willie Cauley-Stein brings. He He's going to be a guy that you want next to DeMarcus Cousins for a long time. But there's also this whole Ryan Anderson thing. And people are like, well, this, you know, now they're not going to go after Ryan Anderson. I don't know if anyone noticed, but the Kings didn't draft a stretch four. They left a stretch four wide open because they have an intention to go sign Ryan Anderson still. And people are like, oh, no. So now you're going to have all of these guys, Costa Kufas, Marcus Cousins, Willie Cauley-Stein, uh, Papa Giorgio, uh, <laughs> and, and Skull. you got too many guys. And here's the, the real truth. Number one, one of these guys is going. And that player is most well, likely. It's Costa. It's Costa. And I'm just going to point this out again. The Kings just traded Marco Bellinelli, who shot 30% from three-point range and 38% from the floor last year. They did a 30-year-old guard who's owed almost $13 million. They just got a, a 22 pick in this draft. Number one, that tells you two things. I, I don't know what in the world Rich Show is doing. That tells you, like, I, that's crazy talk. Number two, this draft was horrible. Absolutely horrible. The the Charlotte Hornets were attempting to deal that that pick along. They were going to give that pick away if someone would take Spencer Hawes or uh, what's his name, the uh, Jeremy Lamb. They're like, if anyone will take these contracts, one of these contracts, we'll just give you the pick. Somehow the Kings got them to take their dead contract, which again this is the equivalent of of Carl Landry to the Kings. And in exchange, they got a, a first-round pick. So what that tells me is the value of an experienced veteran under contract at a reasonable rate is worth way more right now than people are are thinking that it is, which means that in reality, Costa Kufis has way more value than the number 13 pick. He's under contract for three years at $8 million per. He's a $24 million contract. When teams strike out with Bismack Biombu and Festus Azili and Hassan Whiteside, they are going to come to the Kings and say, what's it going to take to get Costa? He has value, and he has enough value that you might be able to fix a position of need, like bring in a different point guard, bring in a different shooting guard. He can be packaged along with that to go and do something different. And that is why they went young at the position. They already knew that they had Coley Stein and Cousins in place. They hoped to bring in Ryan Anderson. And now they have a young guy coming up that is under contract for the next five years. You can watch him mature and grow and hope that he becomes a either a replacement or a major asset going forward. Where when they looked at the other players, they thought, okay, Wade Baldwin is nice, but where is Wade Baldwin, Baldwin fit on this team? I've already got Darren Collison. I'm going to have to uh, bring in a starting point guard no matter what because Wade Baldwin is not a starting point guard on day one. So I have to do something different at that position. So what this does is it allows them another asset, and that asset is Costa Kufis. They can go out and shop Kufis. 
They can pay uh, play uh, Papa Giannis for you know 10, 12, 14 minutes a game. Uh, Vlade thinks he has all-star potential. Whether he has all-star potential or not, he's serviceable and he can fit. And he also, you never know, Dave Yeager likes a variety of bigs. We've always known that about him. I mean, he used to have like six different bigs that he threw at people at all times, including Zach Randolph and Marcus Gasol. He would throw John Lauer at people, would throw Ed Davis at people, Brandon Wright at people. I mean, they just kept coming up with new different styles of bigs. So I assume that he has an idea of how he could use his kid. But what the Kings are trying to do is get young, plan for the future. And at the same time, they saved a whole bunch of money by moving down and by trading Marco Bellinelli. They, they, what did they like come out of this with a plus like $4 million, $3 million when you look at what the number eight pick and Marco Bellinelli would make versus the three picks that they have? It's a huge, they, they now even have more cap space than they had before. And so I kind of like what they did because in all honesty, I liked Wade Baldwin. I was telling people about Wade Baldwin like three weeks ago and thought he was an option. But if he can't start on day one, and if he's not in your mind, a long-term starter, why did you draft him at 13? It doesn't make any sense. Denzel Valentine, while I love what Denzel Valentine brings, if he can't actually play the game of basketball because of his knees, he can't play. So you got a guy that you like, Maybe you stretched for him. Maybe you could have moved back another five spots and picked up another asset. But now we're looking at at trading for more draft picks. And in this draft, the Kings, why would you want to trade for more draft picks in this draft? I mean, it just this draft did not have the value, Aaron. There's a lot, of, a lot to unpack there. And I think that what we're going to find out is that just because decision makers couldn't find a consensus doesn't necessarily mean that the back end of this draft was was weak. Um, there have been plenty of really weak drafts that uh, have turned out pretty good. You know, pe- drafts that people have called weak that have turned out pretty good, and then drafts that people thought were the draft. You know, that you should tank for, and those drafts have turned out to be not so good. So I don't necessarily want to um, to poo-poo this draft right away. I just think that there wasn't a lot of consensus amongst teams with what they wanted to do and what they needed. Um, you know, I kind of I kind of gristle at the idea that. You don't take a point guard that you that you want because you have to deal with like a two to five game suspension or even a ten game suspension. You know, if you're the Kings, I think that you're looking at um, you know long term solutions, not necessarily the first ten games, if that's even what we're talking about there. We don't know what we're talking about in terms of a suspension for Darren Collison. Um, the the way that this go, this worked perfectly for the Kings is if they go Baldwin at thirteen. Or if they like a different player, you know, there's there's a, li- a number of players that I thought that could have gone there. I would probably have gone Malik Beasley over him. I would have gone um, Luwawu over him. And that probably would have been it at that stage of the draft. And another thing to keep in mind is if we're talking about a backup big man here for the Kings, because Coast Kufa's gone. Like, that's that's just a given. And that was a given beforehand. Mm-hmm. If he's gone, you're looking for a backup big this draft was so loaded with backup bigs that they were just falling into the 40s. And so I think you had stop gaps there. So if you're so nervous that you're going to not have a backup big solution, I think that you look at that number 28 pick as your backdrop or backstop, pardon me, 
to be able to get a backup big in the equation. Now, the, the fact is that they think that he's a, he's got more upside than that. And they think that he's got the potential to be special. So I, I get that and I respect that. And I think if they take him at 22, then that's probably going to keep people happy because you could get a player that's a little bit of a safer bet or a lot of a safer bet, um, you know, considering he's he's got a long ways to go before he can be on the court defensively. And that's his biggest issue. So, you know, that's that's something that we'll see in time, whether or not he can actually pull that together, because I think offensively and running the floor, he's got a lot of potential there. And I think he'll meet that potential. But um, you, you, you take a position of need in Wade Baldwin. So you're not scraping the bottom of the barrel if you don't want to get back in the Rajon Rondo business, which I just think they're crazy if they think that that's a good idea. Um, Darren Collison, if you're moving in a different direction after him this year, just to have somebody in the hopper, you know, people can have differing opinions on Wade Baldwin. I think he's pretty safe. safe I think he's pretty safely a backup point guard in this league um, with the potential to be a low end starter in the future. But you, you grab one of those positions of need, a Tim Luawu, um, a shooting guard in Malik Beasley, and then you get him at 22. Um, and that leaves you a pick at 28, pardon me, yeah, 28, you know, to, to do what they did, which I thought, you know, Scalabissier falling to 28 was a real blessing. That was, that. A, that was brilliant. I mean, um, you, you couldn't go another way there. You couldn't, no, it didn't matter. It, it was I mean, funny. There was actually a couple players that fit that description, but Scal was the one that I think really stood out as you got to take this guy. Well, yeah, especially, he can be a star. I mean, he I can. Mean, here's the thing too. And I think that that's, a, they're hell bent on Ryan Anderson. And you know what? I'm, I, I made myself very clear on that. I'm not spending my money on that guy. If, if I'm, if I'm a GM, <laughs> I'm just not. And it's, he can't, he was already being benched in, in new Orleans on a smaller deal for a much shallower team. Um, there was guys that are really not NBA level guys that were cutting into his minutes. And that's, problematic if you're going to give a guy a big contract and Ryan Anderson is going to get a big contract because the Kings are going to give him a big contract and anyway, if it's not the Kings, uh, yeah but but like a bunch of other teams are going to give Ryan Anderson a big contract too They're, I don't the know Kings I are think the what I'm hearing from people in the league is that it's not as crazy as everybody else is making it out to be now whether or not the league can actually do that is that remains to be seen but I know this free agent class is bad so it's a combination of you've got more money than, than we've ever seen and a bad free agent class. I think that they know going into this that this is not the time to be a drunken sailor with your money. And that's – we'll just see. Every time you say don't be a drunken sailor, a bunch of N- NBA teams go out and they're drunk sailors in Vegas. Well, they and, always are. They always are. Okay, but, so I'm going to make, uh, I'm gonna make one uh, – well, a couple of counterpoints here. Number one. What do Darren Williams, Brandon Jennings, Jeremy Lin, DJ Augustine, uh, what do all those guys have in common? Uh, well, DJ Augustine's a good basketball player. The other they're, ones. they're all going to be better than Wade Baldwin for the next two to three years. That's the answer to that question. And so, well, well, DJ Augustine has knee problems. So they're that's, all that's going to be issue. better than Wade Baldwin for the next two to three years. They are. And so, if you Shoot. want to get better fast, I, I'm not saying why are the, King, why are the Kings and, trying to why are the Kings trying to get better fast? Like, what are they in a what are they in a hurry for? Well, yeah, but there's no guarantee that Wade Baldwin will ever improve beyond you know. Being there's no a, there's a no guarantee any of these guys will ever improve. There's no guarantee Ben Simmons will improve. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is that 
a veteran at the position is going to be just fine to go along with Darren Collison, regardless of whether you bring back Rondo or not. I mean, I would have loved to have them to seen them just hand the eight pick over and pick up Jeff Teague if he would sign an extension, but that didn't happen. I, I was kind of shocked the Kings didn't get into that deal. Uh, but again, they were hoping that someone would fall to them of massive value in their mind, which was, again, Buddy Heald or Jalen Brown or, or Chris Dunn. I think it's fair, but we're just talking about backups here. We're talking about a backup center. You know, Papa Giannis has the same chance of being an all-star as Wade Baldwin does. Yep. Same chance. Same chance. And you could argue you know, different aspects of their game till you're blue in the face. The bottom line is the Kings don't have a point guard and they had a number of backup bigs that they could have selected. So you could have gotten two birds with one stone in this. In this case, your shooting guard selection, though, now is Malachi Richardson. So you're putting Malachi Richardson on the stand, so to speak. Okay, is, so- he, is he going to be the guy? DeMarcus <laughs> Cousins loved him, and this is something we haven't even talked about yet. When the pick came through, Boogie had a tweet. Do you know and why? I have no idea why. I, I, I why. And, and I really don't care, to be honest. But It's because they work out together at Impact. They have all summer. He knows Malachi Richardson. He's been working out at Impact in Las Vegas with DeMarcus. So what, did he want him taken at 13 or something? No, no. No, 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 no. no. I'm talking about the tweet. Oh, the, the second the tw- tweet the, the first was, tweet. that's my boy, and then he pulled it down. He pulled oh. it down because the Kings ha- can't officially make oh, yeah, 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 the that... trade until July 1st. So technically, Malachi Richardson... Is, is not, not a Sacramento King, and so Demarcus pulled his tweet because I, I assume he was the asked. tweet before that that went around the world. Uh, yeah, did you see what he? Someone said that he was talking about hot yoga. <laughs> well, but yeah, but like, like, let's talk about that. Like, he's either talking about hot yoga or in an intense prayer session, <laughs> and or he's weighing in on this pick. There's a massive concern with DeMarcus Cousins and his camp every single time that the trade deadline comes and draft season comes. There's a massive concern no matter how much the Kings tell him he's not getting traded, they still they still think he's going to get traded or there's a possibility and he freaks out. And so when you draft a center, he reacted. They just least, need to steal his phone. Is yeah, what they got to yeah, do. Yeah, just throw it in a in a in a pool, which has happened in the past. Uh but We'll, we'll move past that. Um, I, really, when I look at what happened here when it comes to, to Cousins' tweet, it I, I, I think it went, I it went viral. It was it was comical to me, and I, I think I even re- replied, and my reply went viral. Uh, you know, I, what did he say? God help us? Yeah. Yeah, and I said, God help us all. Yeah, and it, well, anyway— but anyway, his guy gets picked at 22. Now, maybe that's a complete coincidence, but this puts a lot of pressure on him at 22, being Malachi Richardson, to deliver at a position of major need, not just minor need. Okay. Like, the point guard position is a position of need, but the point guard position in the NBA is actually quite deep right now. And there are a lot of options, some of them you just mentioned, others that are younger and cheaper as well that can come in and be a point guard solution for the Kings. The only reason you take away Baldwin is you're looking to get a rookie-scale player with a little bit of upside that, that isn't a retread that maybe you can build around. We're talking about backup players here. Not a big deal. But there were players at the shooting guard position that the Kings could have taken above Malachi Richardson. So now this, I think, puts the onus not just on Papa Giannis, but now Richardson to deliver 
and the tape is not kind. I'm t- I mean, he is either going to be really good or he's going to be a guy that frustrates the hell out of Kings fans. Okay, so here, let me explain why I believe that Malachi Richardson means absolutely nothing. Okay, first of all, the Kings do have targets in free agency. We've already talked about the biggest target, which is Ryan Anderson. They have a second target, which we've talked about a little bit, but I don't think we've fully like confirmed to people. Look, the Kings, from what I know, are targeting Courtney Lee. They love Courtney Lee. They love what he brought to the end of the season to the Charlotte Hornets. So stick with me. Stick with me here for a second, Aaron. Charlotte Hornets have a bevy of free agents. Uh, Al Jefferson, Marvin Williams, Jeremy Lin, Nicholas Batum, and Courtney Lee. They didn't have enough money to sign all of those players, so they were shopping their pick trying to get more, more cap space because they want to bring everyone back. Well, the Kings just did two things. Number one, they gave them a reason not to chase Courtney Lee by giving them Marco Bellinelli. Number two, they ate up $6.3 million of the Charlotte Hornets cap space and cleared $6.3 million off of their books. And now they have more money to go chase Courtney Lee as a part of a larger picture. And so for me, that is going to be like an understated, brilliant move by the Sacramento Kings because we know they want Courtney Lee. So while Malachi Richardson is a nice prospect, He's a Syracuse guy who doesn't know how to play defense. We all know Syracuse only plays zone defense. I mean, he even talks about it. Look, I played a bunch of one-on-one defense in the past. Oh, you mean when you were a 16-year-old high school kid? That's nice. So so basically, Malachi Richardson, what he is, he's a replacement for Ben McLemore. And not Ben McLemore, the starter. What realistically Ben McLemore had played himself into, and that is a reserve role. If Malachi Richardson plays... 15 minutes a game, maybe he will frustrate you. But there's also a possibility once the Kings are rolling and if they have a starting point guard, then Malachi Richardson is going to have a tough time even getting on the court because Darren Collison can play backup too as well. So I really, who they drafted there, it really comes down to what you like. And if you like Malachi Richardson over uh, Lawawu or over uh, Korsmaz or or uh, Murray, you know, all of these guys that were sitting there, if you like him better and you've scouted him enough and you know how athletic he is, I mean, he's 6'6 with a seven-foot wingspan for a shooting guard. Sure, he's got some flaws, but if you think you can mold the clay, then maybe he becomes a player. Maybe he doesn't. But the fact is, a 22nd pick in the draft, almost, you know, if you look at the history of the draft, what, 60, 70% of those completely mean nothing. Anytime you get out of the top 10, they really either you're they're so hit and miss, you have no idea what you're getting. So they have another plan for that shooting guard position, and it's not Malachi Richardson. He's just a player that they're going to have. And that's really what I saw in this draft was the Kings got reserves all over the place in an attempt to keep their cap number as low as possible. So when free agency hits, whether you like that or not, whether they're spending or not, they're going to, they now have backups at positions of need and except for maybe the point guard which they you know took the 59th pick on um but you know they have backups at all of these positions and now they can go out and try to add the pieces the veteran pieces to fill out the roster and that's why i think some of this makes sense 
Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I, I, I don't know that it's optimized. And, you know, I also think that, I, I mean, I'm trying to work out the uh, the what ifs on all this Charlotte stuff. I mean, Courtney Lee makes a ton of sense for the Kings. Um, now, he's got his flaws. too. I don't want to make Courtney Lee out into this savior at the shooting guard position. The Kings really need a long-term solution there. Courtney Lee has a reluctance to shoot, but he's got another two good years in him. And that, that's good for the Kings if they can pick him up. But the, the Kings and Hornets could swap rosters in a sense. You could send Ben McLemore over to, to Charlotte where they need a wing. They're going to need a big man because Al Jefferson is not really, you know, a solution there. They don't have a true five, you know. Um, so I think Costa Cufas could actually work out there for them a little bit. Um, See, now you're thinking along the same lines. If you no, but, take uh, but, Costa but, but, Cufas but, but, and package him in a sign-and-trade for Courtney Lee – now you've filled a position of need and kept your cap at a point where you can go and chase other realistic targets to improve your roster. I'm fine. I mean, here's the thing. Scalabissier solves a upside, you know, you, you want to get upside at He's 28. He's Eric Moreland on this team, except for with gigantic, tremendous, holy cow well, upside. He does a little bit more than Moreland as well. No, and- but I mean his place on this team. He's oh, yeah, gonna, his place is fine. He's going to but- sit there and, and sit on the bench and play in Reno and come back and forth. He's gonna. He's not going to play a lot of minutes. They're gonna bring him along slow. Same with uh, uh, with Papagiano. Uh, they're they're gonna do. They're gonna be able to bring these guys along slow because they already have two major bigs. They'll add another big, and they may even bring Quincy Quincy AC back just to help out. I think how you're gonna measure this is you're gonna look at a set of players. At least this is how I'll pose it. Wade Baldwin. Malik Beasley, Timothy Luwawu, and any number of backup bigs that fell into the late 20s, early 30s. You're going to measure those players against the players that the Kings got. And that will ultimately, you know, it'll be hindsight is 2020, but my contention is going to be that you could get your, your, your point guard position, you could make it younger, you could still get the guy that you really like from overseas, get him at 22, and if he slips, then you could look back and, and – or if somebody takes him, you could fall back on a big man and get – you know. and if, say, you don't even want to take Wade Baldwin, you could take one of these other shooting guards or a small forward in the Wawu. And uh, he's actually more of a shooting guard. But you could go a different direction and not put your chips in the Malachi Richardson basket. Um, so it's – again, I think it's shades. I, I think – at the end of the day, like I'm not disappointed with the Kings as much in the outcome as I am in the lack of optimizing it. I don't think that they were going to lose Papa Giannis if they waited till 22. So that would give them the flexibility. Say they don't even like Baldwin, that they could go get a Malik Beasley or Timothy Luwawu. So if those guys start going off, that's going to be where Kings fans feel like, oh man, we missed it. So... Beyond that, you know, the, the big thing I've always said for the Kings is can they avoid mistakes in free agency? And this will be the big, you know, moment that is going to split Kings fans, just like Isaiah Thomas split Kings fans. You know, the, the organization is going to pick a direction and it does look like they're going to go for Ryan Anderson. I'm not as 100 percent convinced that they're going to go after Rajon Rondo. I'm not sure if Vlade was just saying that to keep his options open last night because he said he wanted him back. And that's, to me, the biggest thing facing the Kings right now. Okay. It, it, you know what? Look, 
when we really look at it, we've come down to the thing that you always come down to in the draft. It's you like this guy better, they like this guy better. To me, I, I I'm ambivalent whether uh, whether you know Beasley will be better or. You know, again, uh, you look at Bembry, whether Bembry will be better than Malachi Richardson or Luau will be better. I think you put them all in one hopper and you say, okay, one or two of those guys are actually going to work out and be something at the next level. That's it. And, and you hope that you got the one, the one guy that's willing to work, that's willing to do everything that it takes to get better and who magically somehow fits the NBA game and improves. Outside of that, I'm not sure. I, I don't, you know, that's I, just, it's the way that it works out. For every, uh, you know, Giannis, Giannis Antetokounmpo, there is uh, a Tony Snell. You know, it's just the way that the draft works out. You're banking on talent at that, at that point, and you're hoping that your idea of talent and someone else's idea of talent is different and that you're right and they're wrong. I'll close it out by saying this. Draft grades, which are stupid, stupid. but if I had to give one, I'd say C plus B minus, which is better than average. And I'm, I'm the only reason that I think I'm, I, I, I and other Kings fans out there are, are disappointed in this is that it felt like it could have been more optimized. And and I think it felt like it could have been a massive haul for them. And I just love the way that that draft started out for the Kings. And so um, it's, it's a weird, it's a, a, it's C, C plus B minus, but I felt like it could have been an A, it could have been an A plus. I think that if, if they took Baldwin or, uh, or again, Denzel uh, Valentine at 13, they get an A in every mock draft. I mean, in every in every grade system around the league. I, I mm-hmm. honestly do. Yeah, yeah. The fact is, they took a guy that they believe has more potential than either one and, of those players. And, and if I'm it good works with out, that. You, you I, gotta, I think you do that. I think you, yeah. as a decision maker, you don't go with what other people. You go with what you think, and then you let the cards fall where they may. I do that every year in the fantasy draft rankings that I make. And sometimes I hit and sometimes I miss. But at the end of the day, you know, I live with the results. Well, and if I'm if I'm a Sacramento Kings fan and I think that Vlade Divots is making a draft pick on the assumption that if he does that pick, that he's going to get a really high grade by talking heads all around the league, then I really, really don't want him running my franchise. No, and that's not his. That's not his style, and that's why, though it was surprising, it wasn't as surprising when you think it through and think about who Vlade is and 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 how and why and everything that went into making the decision. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. And again, free agency, which is right around the corner, free is, agency is going to be the bigger determinant of what happens with the Kings and how they work and how they run and how they look and everything in between. And three years from now, what they're paying on their cap. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all that's the to me that's the ball game well, you got a good coach the draft was pretty good now you got free agency well and what i really do believe they did in this draft was they set themselves up to not just be an aging team trying to to add pieces for a last second run a, a short-term run with demarcus cousins they've set themselves up where they actually have developing talent and 
plenty of cap space, plenty of roster space to go out and make the next move that they need to do. And that really, I think that that is what they've set themselves up. They've, they still have trade pieces in Ben McLemore, Costa Kufas, maybe even Rudy Gay. They've got some trade pieces that they can go out and shop to try to improve the roster in different ways. They have, again, by my estimation, with the Bellinelli trade, they went up to $36 million in cap space. And then with their picks, I think that'll cost them about $3.5 million. So we're looking at like $32, $32.5 million in cap space. And then yeah, but you, everybody's got cap space. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is that if you want to chase, uh, heaven forbid, they bring back Rajon Rondo, Ryan Anderson, <laughs> and Courtney Lee. They bring in Courtney, Courtney Lee. They have the flexibility now to do all three things, to go with a solid draft. And now you've taken a roster last year that was clearly not optimized. It was clearly broken. And if your roster coming into the season, I know you're going to hate it, but if it's if it's Rondo and Collison at the point, and if it's uh, Courtney Lee and and what's his name? I can't even remember his name at, at this point. Uh, and Malachi Richardson Malachi, at the two. Yeah. And then they bring in another, you know, a, a fifth guard, or they, they bring back Seth Curry uh, to, to help out in the backcourt. And then you get over to the small forward spot, and you got Rudy Gay and Omri Caspi still, and you know that Malachi Richardson could go play a couple of minutes over there. And then you get to the four, and you've got Willie Cauley-Stein, and, and you've got Ryan Anderson, and maybe you've got Quincy Acey coming off the bench, and you get to the five, and you got a young Papa Giorgio and a young Skull to go with, DeMarcus Cousins. Maybe you've made enough tweaks to a roster where that it makes sense. And I, I, I'm kind of, part of me wants Rondo to come back just so I can kind of gauge how much George Carl cost the team in terms of wins last year. <laughs> that I mean, really, like, um, and I know that the Kings will probably have a number like 32 or 33 it, it, again. And in, even with Rondo, just the difference with Carl and Jaeger, I, I think that I'll find myself taking the over. And, you know, that'll right. be that. But right. I'm going to add one more layer to the Marco Bellinelli trade, which I think, again, people people have been really hard on Vladi Divots in the past uh, for specifically the Philadelphia trade. So if we rewind and we look at why they did the Philadelphia trade, uh, where they gave them the rights to swap first-round picks this year and next year, and then they gave up, it at this point we now know it's a 2019 unrestricted pick, right? Um, they didn't do it so they can sign Rondo. They had already worked out a deal with Rondo. They did it so they could bring in Costa Kufis and, Marcos, uh, and Marco Bellinelli. And so everyone's like, oh, man, you, you gave up a future first-round pick for Marco Bellinelli and, and Costa Kufis. And Nick Stauskas, who is literally hanging on by a thread as an NBA player. Um, so if you now look, we've we've seen that, number one, the Kings didn't give up, didn't have to swap picks. So they, they dodged the first bullet. Uh, Costa Kufis is an asset, and if I'm not mistaken, Marco Bellinelli just yielded them a first-round pick. So while the trade isn't done yet, we now know that the Kings at least have a first-round pick to go against the first-round pick in 2019 that they're going to lose. So that pick may be a top-three pick, and then it, it's still a disaster, or it could still be a disaster. Uh, but it also could be, say, number 22 
or number 20 or number 24. You just don't know. And so when you look at a deal like that and you just throw your hands up in the air and say Vlade Divac is the biggest idiot, I cannot believe he just did that trade. Um, realistically, you have to let these things play out. Just like you have to let uh, Papa Giannis really have have his you know three years to develop and see what you got. And in three years, he's 21 years old. I mean, that's how young he is. It's crazy. He's yeah, born once in you 1997. Get, once you get past the draft talk, then you start to get excited about a guy like that, you know, seeing what he can do. Because the bigs these days can do everything, and especially bigs from overseas where the scouting's not as good and he's oh, he so young. Shoot. Yeah, he can, do, he can do quite a bit. I mean, you're just worried that he can play the defense and keep his, his frame light. He's already big. He's going to have a hard time staying light. So they got to put him on the no-carbs diet right away and, and just keep him nice and light. And um, But, yeah, you get excited about a guy like that. Um, you know, bigs these days, you know, like DeMarcus Cousins, that could do everything. Um, so if he turns out to be a good, you know, backup big man for DeMarcus Cousins, that's a real, real exciting thing for the Kings. I think, uh, yeah, free agency, man, that, that it, it'll, it'll be very interesting to see the Kings in the new arena, which we just got to see, mm-hmm. um, and see exactly how they look, um, you know, when they turn the page. And, and I think Kings fans has been a long five to 10 years, you know, for them to see the potential of a good team like this. So, yeah, I'll probably take the over, and I think they're going to be a fun team to watch this year. But we'll see in free agency how they do. There we go. All right, see, people, it's not nearly as bad as you think it is. There is still hope. Did we talk them off the ledge? I, I don't know. I, I, I hope we talk some people off the, the ledge. And if not, I just want those people to go back and watch the 1996 draft where people were literally crying in the stands when – uh, when Jeff Petrie walked to the stage and announced that they had drafted Pedrag Stoyakovich, and everyone in the room went, "What in the world?" <laughs> and I'm also gonna I'm gonna keep poking this one. This kid that they got, the Serbian guard that they got, that was the number 24 pick in uh, 2014. Number one, he went number 24 because everyone knew he was staying overseas. So he was probably a better talent than that, and he has improved greatly. He is the second best player on, or maybe is he, he's the best player on the second best team in the best league in Europe. He's a very, very good young player. He'll be 24 when he comes over next year. It's possible that Phoenix could never have got him to come over. I guarantee you he's going to want to come and play with Peja and, and Vlade here. So keep that in mind. Vlade took the number eight pick, which was a very raw, long way away. You don't really know what you're getting, Marquise Chris. And yet you got basically three first round picks for him. And I, I love that part of the trade. That it's, was it's not bad. Was... It's not bad. And two first round picks this year and next year when you could potentially lose your first round pick to the Chicago Bulls if it falls outside of the top ten. They now have another prospect coming in next year to fill that void which is something that Vlade pointed out that you know I got one for next year because I don't think I'm going to have a draft pick next year so it's an intriguing draft uh I don't think the Kings did that bad I think on paper they could have done better but in reality we have to let it play out and see what happens so it was an exciting night it was an exciting night and um my final thought so you don't have to ask me what my final thought is is um 
check out hoop-ball.com. There's 60 picks worth of analysis on each guy that was taken. Uh, if you want to get a, just a brief one over of how the draft went, but it was a very exciting night. And I don't think we've seen a draft like that in, I don't even know if we've ever seen it. I know there's got to be a draft like that, but there was no consensus in this draft. It was crazy. Every pick was a surprise. So I, think so. I, I just had a blast. So after number one and number two, every pick all the way up and down the board were, was a complete surprise. And like the Jimmy Butler stuff, all of that. It was oh, Serge Ibaka. High intrigue. Oh, Serge Ibaka. We need God, to talk well, about they that. Just, Orlando just, gave just it got fleeced. Up. Oh, fleeced. What oh, my God. I mean, I'm just worried that Serge Ibaka's got a knee problem because his numbers dropped off. And there was no expl- – people try to explain that number drop off, and it's not explainable other than that he either got slower due to age or his knee. That's it. But he's not that old. That's what I was shocked at. I was well, like, I think he's got a knee problem. Um, I, either that or I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. All I know is that they got Victor Oladipo now, and that makes them so dangerous. Oh, I they, totally agree. They now have the the shooting. Uh, it's crazy. They they are dangerous in a way that I don't think that we've fully comprehended because draft day just happened and we haven't unpacked it all. But I mean, if you added Oladipo to that team this year, they beat the Warriors. Man, We're Serge not, Ibaka is 26 years old still. There is I, no way that that and, makes any sense. And he sense. was terrible for the most part in the playoffs. Terrible. Well, like, he just doesn't look like he has any range. He, you know, he's uh, just. I think he's lost his fastball. Whether it's his knee, and they they they're very good at keeping injuries under wraps. It's a small market media. They don't like to sell out their 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 home team there. And he talked about his knee, and I mean, he had surgery. It was. They said before the year there was not a knee problem. And then his block rate went just in the garbage. And everything went in the garbage. Everything in the garbage. Shocking. And I mean, that dude averaged 6.8 rebounds a game in 32 minutes a night. And there was no change with the way he was deployed. It no. was just a complete drop-off. Yeah, really shocking that they were able to— And, and I mean, you're, you're going to give up a first-round pick. You're going to give up Oladipo, which was, what, the second or third pick in the draft, uh, and who has been very good. He's been great. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't get that at all. And he's a great kid too. He's a good character guy. And so I just when I that came through, I was there was I was just I thought it was a typo. And just so people know, the Kings tried everything to get Oladipo out of Orlando at the trade deadline. They tried everything. They thought Orlando was giving was going to move away at that point, and they they worked the phones hard to try to get Oladipo and couldn't swing it. Great so, night. Yep. All right, so that's going to do it for this edition of the CSN Kings Insider Podcast. I might have a special podcast coming up. Uh, we'll see if that drops in the next couple of days. Um, a, a very interesting podcast. We'll see. Um, but uh, it was a fun night of Kings draft coverage. Uh, we will be back next week with more craziness because free agency starts on July 1st, which is, is that Saturday? Um, yeah, I think it, it's, 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 it's Friday. It's Friday. Yeah, so uh, we've got some craziness about to hit, and uh, things are only going to get more intriguing here in Sacramento as we roll through this summer. So for Aaron Bruski, I am James Ham. Thank you for tuning in to the Kings Insider Podcast on CSNCalifornia.com. See you next week. <laughs>